as much when compared to the show Which will not be as good as some other one you saw So help me, I know, I know, I know I am an old-timer Old-timer, it's too late to die young To age like wine somehow First I'll build a sword Get some words to explain It's a plan, brother, at least And I'll pretend that everybody here wants peace Have mercy, have mercy Have mercy on me Cause we're sad and lonely And we're Hey, sweet baby, kiss me hard. Draw my bathwater, sweep my yard. Give a drink of my wine to my Jersey cow. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for my journey now on the 309. On the 309. Enjoy yourself, it's later than you think Enjoy yourself, while you're still in the pink The years go by, as quickly as a wink Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself, it's later than you think
It's your old buddy Robert Berry here, and welcome to another exciting episode of Retro Crush, the podcast. Episode 122! Well, I know uh, it's been been a while since our last episode. I, I seem to start some of these more recent episodes by apologizing that it's taken so long uh, since the last one, but uh, I actually got a couple legitimate excuses this time. Uh, a lot of the delay uh, for about a week and a half was due to the fine folks at AT&T and their remarkably unreliable DSL service. Uh, I've had DSL service basically with them for about six years. And basically, if you're a brand new customer, they'll bend over backwards and, and blow you and lick your balls to get you to be their, their, their customer. But if you've had them for a while, it's just like you're dead to them. And uh, I've been having this uh, intermittent, I like that word, intermittent connectivity. Where basically, uh, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day I might have internet connection. There's clearly something wrong with either the line going to my home or something inside the home. Uh, but they wanted me like to pay a bunch of money to have them fix it. And I'm like, oh, come on. I can switch to Comcast uh, high-speed cable for, for free, practically, you know? And that's what I did. So now I can connect to the internet eight times faster than I was ever able to connect to it before. And let me just say, uh, hello streaming porno video. That's all I'm, I'm saying there. But uh, it, it's a good night tonight. Sorry it's been so long. I, I missed you all. I, I've been getting lots of emails from you saying, uh, what the hell? You know, when are we going to get a new show? And, and here it is. And I hope it doesn't disappoint. And uh, as a special thank you, I've got a contest uh, where I'm going to be giving away some DVDs, and all you got to do is identify all the songs that I use in that opening song medley, uh, right before the uh, introduction. Not only do you have to name all those songs, and they're not all, li- I, you know, I don't know, some of you guys think you're smart by using Google, just searching for the lyrics, because you didn't really know what the song was. But I factored that into there, and there's some instrumentals in there, too. So, uh, yeah, good luck uh, Googling do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's pretty hard to type in there. And if you do, you're probably going to get some German scat film site if you type that in. So be warned. Don't look for that at work. But uh, I'm enjoying a, a cup of Sailor Jerry rum. Now, it's rum named after a guy who invented tattoos in America. So it tastes like hepatitis, I think. But now it's actually very, very flavorful. Much better than Cat, Cat Morgan's uh, swill, if you will. And uh, I, I recommend it highly. It's it, It's got a good... Let me see. Let me tell you what this tastes like. Let me take a sip of this right now. A L- little buttery, a little peppery, and it stays on your tongue. A little bit of a heat, kind of a hint of listerine, and um, it's very good. Tastes. It actually tastes like um, um, the bicycle seat of uh, Donna Mills. Uh, that's my guess. So it's it's very very nice stuff. Um, I saw the Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, with my children today. Had, had, a, had a day off with my kids there. and Beautiful 98-degree day here in Sacramento. And uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. I mean, if you like the first Fantastic Four film, you know, you're forgiven a lot of things like, you know, good acting and a cohesive story and subject material that's faithful to the original comic books. But uh, if you can forgive all those things and you like the first movie, I think you like this movie a lot. It's, it's, it's good clean fun. It's nice to see a good PG-rated movie 
for kids. It's not just some cartoon with swear words thrown in it. You know, as most often the case, some, they're afraid to release G-rated movies anymore, so they make like a couple of the cartoon characters say, "Who oh, shit? Oh, damn it!" You know, and then it's instantly PG. It's they figure it's more appealing. But it seems like with the comic book movies, they got to make them PG-13. And um, something like the Fantastic Four uh, is not necessary to do that with. So, anyway, nice. It's Silver Surfer is pretty cool in this movie. If you like the Silver Surfer, you're going to like this movie. And uh, if you like uh, shitty acting, I think you'll like it too. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I do enjoy it. Uh, quite a bit. So, uh, that's the excitement going on in my house today. I've been doing a lot of yard work. I've been planting, uh, you guys tell me, all you botanists that listen to this show, tell me if I'm going the wrong way here. But, uh, I ordered three sassafras trees off of eBay and planted them in my yard. I, I, I remember growing up in Virginia and there'd be sassafras trees all around and I remember thinking they smelled so good and you can make sassafras tea out of it. I guess there's some crazy thing that, like, the ingredient in sassafras bark that makes the tea, like, if you get 8 million gallons to it to a rat, you'll give it cancer, or something like that, or maybe you can make ecstasy with the roots, I don't know, but, um, it's, it's hard to buy sassafras, uh, tea anymore because of that. True sassafras tea, at least. Maybe I'm wrong, but the East Coasters know a better way to do that, but, Anyway, these trees grow on the east and the, and the south mostly. I've never heard of them growing here in California. So I may be the first guy. I may be that guy that can grow a sassafras tree in California. I'm going to basically be Johnny uh, Appleseed of uh, the sassafras industry, is, is my guess. Johnny Sassafras. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been, I've been also growing some nasturtiums. Very beautiful flower. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, an ivy-like vine that you can eat the, the 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 leaves and the flowers. It's a plant that gives in two ways to you, the lovely plant eaters out there. I've been growing some sunflowers. I've been doing a lot of gardening, folks. These sunflowers. I'll put some pictures of them up there. Uh, they're just about ready to get their heads, and they're they're like about six feet tall right now. Big old clump of them. And uh, my backyard is going to look like Vincent Van Gogh's place before he cut his ear off. You know, that's the good era. I grew, I grew a field of corn, and we had this great windstorm, and it knocked most of my corn down. And, um, you know, my family and I cried in the backyard about it. It was very similar to when the Ingalls family lost their crops uh, to locusts, uh, you know, only that, you know, it was only like 20 plants, and we don't really like corn. But aside from that, it was exactly the same. I'm growing so many tomatoes, it's ridiculous. It's one of those tomato houses we're going to have where there's like... I'll be one of those guys that's always bringing tomatoes to to people because i got like 3,000 of them at home. So if you want some tomatoes, let me know. Maybe I'll mail them to you. But uh, I'm rambling again. And um, I was trying to say that at the beginning, the medley of songs there, if you can name all of those songs, I will send you a DVD. I'll pick three winners... And you'll get a really cool Retro Crush DVD. In fact, I've got a collection here. This really awesome thing that just came out. It's the Dragon Dynasty collection from the Shaw Brothers Classic Connect collection. Great kung fu movies. I got My Young Auntie. Doesn't sound like a kung fu movie, but folks, it's kung fu. It's kung foolish. It's so kung fu. Uh, we got the one-armed swordsman. Uh, this is about uh, a swordsman. He's got one arm. 
but he still makes his way in the world. King Boxer, five fingers of death. Um, not ten fingers, keeping with that one arm thing there. And then we've got the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. All four of these will be given away. And, and trust me, folks, if you saw the first through 35th Chambers of Shaolin, wait till you see the 36th Chamber. I've also got uh, Animaniacs, the fir- uh, complete third season, and Chip Season 1. If you prefer that, if you're not into the Kung Fu, these are all options for you. So if you, if you can name all those songs, just call me on the Retro Crush Hotline, which has been kind of dormant lately, folks, because frankly, if I'm not doing shows... Uh, people don't call the hotline anymore, but we're going to change that, aren't we? Just you and me, together. It's true, we'll make a better day. Just you and me. Call 916-231-9480. That's 916-231-9480. Operators are standing by. You can call our Retro Crush hotline for any reason. Call me and just tell me, wow, Robert, you make my day. Call me and tell me, uh, wow, Robert, you make the day suck. You know, either way, it's 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 some feedback I'm getting from you, and I love to hear it. Um, you know, maybe you're, you're driving drunk with your buddies right now. Shouldn't be doing that, but if you are, give me a call. Maybe the soothing sounds of 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 your own voice being left on my voicemail will will help you drive home safely. But uh, I I do not endorse drinking and driving, by the way, at all. Maybe drinking skateboarding, you know, but not drinking and driving, not one bit. Well, listen, folks, I have a, a gem of a fun uh, thing to play for you here now. This is a 1965 film. I'm going to play the audio for it. And uh, it is uh, a film uh, against pornography. Can you imagine such a thing? And um, basically, they take it to an extreme. Now, we can all agree, I think, that pornography serves a purpose in this world. You know, like it or not, it's it's there to stay, and um, you know, I don't know where I'm going with that, but let, let's just say that it was something really profound and funny. But uh, this is a, a one of these uh, little films that was going to warn you that pornography's bad, as if like you thought it was great, and we're going to watch this movie and go, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess pornography's not such a great thing, but. Uh, if anything, I think that it ends up showing you so many covers of, of porno mags and so many uh, pictures with, uh, uh, with uh, scantily clad and, 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 and no clad women that I think it might turn you on to pornography, if anything. So uh, we'll have the video of this up on the podcast section of our website. But in the meantime, just sit back and relax. Grab yourself a nice uh, cigar and let's listen to why pornography is the bane of the world. George Putnam. I'd like to begin with a fact, a simple yet shocking fact. It is this. A flood tide of filth is engulfing our country in the form of newsstand obscenity and is threatening to pervert an entire generation of our American children. (laughs) Mission accomplished, brother. We know that once a person is perverted, 
it is practically impossible for that person to adjust to normal attitudes in regard to sex. Yet, much of this material has been described as an illustrated, detailed course in perversion, abnormal sex, crime, and violence. It is also a fact that no matter who buys this material, 75 to 90% of it ends up in the hands of our children. By children, whether in a small town like McAllen and the Rio Grande, or in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles. A prime example of one major category are the so-called girly magazines, which sell over 15 million copies a month. These highly colorful magazines picture stark nudity on slick paper. They often present their... Su Good thing it's slick paper. How else are you going to wipe it off? Come on, man. ...subject on bed or couch, in positions indicative of intercourse or other sex acts obviously calculated to stimulate the reader. The nakedness, the nudity of these magazines is defended and foisted upon the people by a vociferous minority in our society. They lack the moral standards and values of our Judeo-Christian heritage. They not only oppose the principles of that heritage, which has given us our rich institutions and laws, but... And not, not to mention the Salem witch trials, the Inquisition, uh, lynchings, um, the extermination of the Native American race, and, um, oh gosh, well, lots of great stuff. But they advocate their overthrow. For the sake of decency in this film, we have partially covered the pictures and disguised the identity of the models. Damn. But actually, these magazines not only display complete nudity, but they do so in a perverted manner. Such as this appeal to the sodomist. Such as these shots, which are typical of the preoccupation with the female breast, to a point that it has become a fetish. Yeah, they're showcasing breasts to the point where it's become a fetish. Yeah, damn those guys that like breasts, those sick bastards. They gotta be stopped. And this one, with its overtones of bestiality. Bestiality? I guess that's better than the worstiality. And with lesbian implications. Mm -hmm. Another important problem common to these publications is the dwelling upon teenage participation in wild, flagrant abuses of the God-given gift of sex. This is amply depicted by the pose of this obviously young girl, her clothes in the disarray of sexual activity, with the stimulus of alcohol indicated by the tumbler placed on her thigh. And again, the breast fetish. Mm -hmm. Note the sensual expression alluded to by Dr. Sorokin, the renowned Harvard sociologist, as being the hallmark of so much of contemporary photography. And then we come to nudist magazines. If they were printed only for the nudist cult, they would never exist. Their circulation would not support the cost of printing. These total exposures are not of nudists in some instances, but rather of paid professional models. 
Group exposure is a hallmark of these cultists. However, it's been well stated that very few blind people join the nudist colonies. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, touché! Touché! You never do see blind people at nudist colonies. You know why? Because they can't find uh, where they're at. That's why. And you know what else you never... You never uh, see deaf people at a Rod Stewart concert. Huh? Do you? Ha, ha, ha. Actually, that's probably most of the people that do go there because they, they don't realize how much he sucks. This mixture of male and female with total anatomical detail is typical of these magazines. A young boy in Philadelphia raped and killed a five-year-old girl. And while he was testifying that he had been stimulated to this heinous crime by reading a nudist magazine, a federal court judge in Washington was granting to that very same publication a second-class mailing permit. Holy shit, they'll give a second-class mailing permit to just about anybody back then. What were they thinking? If we could have only nipped that in the bud and and kept them at a third- or fourth-class mailing permit, we would not have the pornography problem that we have today. I love the idea that there's a a kid that could be looking at um, old naked people playing volleyball and somehow that drives them to rape and kill a five-year-old girl. Good Lord. Now, I can understand an issue of highlights for children inspiring a kid to do that. I mean, you know, come on, goofus and gallant and the timber toes, it's enough to drive any kid to murder. And then we come to a terribly sad indictment of our society. The so-called physique group of publications. These magazines with a homosexual viewpoint and poses are often not understood by many youngsters who take them as instruction of body development. But psychiatrists believe that prolonged... Yeah, if a kid accidentally reads a copy of Honcho or Leather Boy, they're just thinking that's all about body development. ...prolonged exposure of even the normal male adult to this type of publication, though he may not be aware of its true nature will nevertheless pervert. Think then of the consequences to the inexperienced youth who, in purchasing and studying this material, becomes a pawn for these misfits, these homosexuals, who have a slogan that betrays the evil of the breed. Today's conquest, they say, is tomorrow's competition. See the tender age at which homosexuals prefer their conquests. Look here at the young face and bright smile which could be the hope of the world. But in the other half of the picture is revealed the seduction of the innocent. Look at this poor young lad. But when looking, think of the others who might follow his perfidious footsteps when photos like these are available at the corner news rack. And so it goes, countless poses, still pictures, slides, movies, all with the same content. And more of the same. This picture is not one typical of the physique magazine. It approaches another class of magazines dealing with transvestites, wherein the wearing of female garments is that which provides sex gratification for the participants. 
This picture, of course, merely confesses on the cover of the magazine the charges we have made. In this ad, the titles of the magazines and their table of contents speak more eloquently than I of the tremendous problem here presented. Wait, something can speak more eloquently than you? I, I, I don't think that could be possible. Sexual sadism, strange flagellation cults, erotic confessions of... Wait, wait a minute, strange flagellation cults, what's... That's the Catholic Church. ...of a sadist. What is fetishism? The pleasure of pain, the worship of the whip, sexual problems of a masochist. How to buy a whipping. Famous transvestites. Are cross-dressers afraid of sex? These titles lead us to an even more bizarre, but nevertheless common product of our news racks. The composite picture here speaks for itself. This type of aberration is usually depicted by showing several persons, one of whom is dominant, and binding or inflicting pain upon the other. And thus, the grotesque costuming and the significance of the extreme spiked heel and the tight boot, the riding crop, the burning cigarette, rubber and leather garments, mm -hmm. and all the rest. And here again, an appeal to the sodomist with a play upon the buttocks, the laced leather garment. This picture hints at the common idea of bestiality. Dr. Sorokin, the renowned sociologist at Harvard, says that today the newsstands, quote, depict the world as a sort of human zoo inhabited by raped, mutilated, and murdered females and by he-males outmatching in bestiality cavemen and outlusting the lustiest of animals. Male and female alike are hardened in cynical contempt of human life and values, unquote. Damn, I, I guess uh, he's right. I, I, folks, I am never going to look at porn again. All right, maybe uh, Asian tranny porn, because there's some educational uh, qualities there. And, and maybe um, red-headed milfs, that's good, that's good stuff. And um, that whole secretary uh, genre is pretty fun. And, um, well, maybe that guy was wrong. What, what are he-males anyway? I want to know what that is. Like, it's like a man, but he's really a guy that's a man. Ne never heard that term before. Uh, maybe a whole other genre of porn I, I need to check out there. But, uh, anyway, uh, speaking of porn, I've got a collection of hostess commercials from from back in the day I thought you guys might want to hear here's one for uh, a long gone uh, snack from the hostess folks ding dongs and it sounds kind of funny if you think about her talking about dicks instead of ding dongs it's, it's kind of silly imagine getting into a chocolate flavored boat and sailing around a fudgy moat to a chocolate flavored castle this must be King Ding Dong's castle. Look at all those Ding Dongs. Have one. Thanks, King Ding Dong. When you eat a hostess Ding Dong, there's a whole world of chocolate flavor in each and every bite. Cream filling, too. Delicious hostess Ding Dongs. You'll find a chocolate flavored world in every bite. I'm Fruit Pie the Magician, the hostess pie technician. 
Goodbye. You what? Look out for the ghost. <laughs> no drag. I'll fix him with a hostess fruit pie. <laughs> Here's your reward, big hostess fruit pies, apple, berry, cherry, full of fresh fruit flavor. Mm. You get a big delight in every bite of hostess fruit pies. For my next trick, fruit pie the magician started an avalanche. Oh, drag. He is the avalanche. So are the hostess fruit pies and Twinkie cakes. Twinkie the kid to the rescue. Thanks, Twinkie. Now for Hostess Fruit Pies, Apple and Cherry and Twinkies. Yummy cream filling, real fruit filling. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Fruit Pies and Twinkies. Twinkie, we've got to get these Hostess cakes to the celebration on time. The road ahead's dangerous. Captain Cupcake, can you help? You go by land, I'll go by sea. We'll get Hostess there one way or another. Yahoo! Watch out, Lancelot! Stormy, Amy! We both made it! Mmm, Twinkies! Chocolatey Hostess Cupcakes! You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes! And Twinkies! Kid stuff! Marbles! Dressing up! Skateboards! Hostess! A kid's world is a special world and Hostess is a part of it! Hostess and kids, they go together. Fresh, wholesome Hostess. Cupcakes, fruit pies, golden Twinkie snack cakes with creamed filling. A kid's world is a special world and Hostess is a part of it. Hostess and kids, they go together. How's the budget holding out? Well, doing the best I can. I'll watch what I buy, but I won't skimp when it comes to the children. With snacks, I look for freshness, wholesomeness, so I get hostess. Fruit pies, Twinkies, ding-dongs. Mom's home. Oh, oh, they just love that moist cake. And creamy filling. They're only kids' ones. Fresh, wholesome hostess. <laughs> you can't skimp when it comes to your children. You, you can't skip on freshness or wholesomeness, so let's buy snack cakes that can last 100 years on the shelves to help... Uh, your kids with their nutrition needs there. Well, folks, um, I do appreciate you checking out the show, and I do appreciate hearing from you, and I will do my darndest to give you more episodes more frequently. Um, I, I know a lot of you have invested some time, and uh, there's a lot of podcasts to choose from, and, and I'm flattered to death that you choose to listen to ours. Um, I love to hear from you. Really, if you just send me a little email saying, Robert... Thanks for doing what you do. It it makes my day. And I go to RetroCrush.com. There's an email button right on the top of the page there. Um, and we got a lot of fun articles to tide you over in the meantime. We got a review of Rise of the Silver Surfer. I've got a daily pop culture blog with all kinds of great stuff you could check out. The 100 Worst Cover Songs is, is ticking along there. Um, we got an article that Bradley Mason Hamlin wrote about the world's greatest sidekicks. Um, I've got exclusive photos from the movie Hot Rod and uh, some other great stuff as well. We put a lot of hot, uh, sexy uh, galleries of, of some great celebrities up as well. So uh, please check out RetroCrush.com. Also check out TheSneeze.com and Cockeyed.com and JohnnyR.com, home of Johnny Ryan's beautiful artwork there. And um, I will let you know now, uh, we are going to be returning to the San Diego Comic Book Convention the, this year. 
Um, I will not have a booth there this year because uh, it was a money pit last year. I'll be the first to admit that to you. But I will be hanging out there, and uh, we're thinking of getting a little maybe Retro Crush get-together. Uh, I'm saddened. I learned today from Eric Reynolds, who uh, over there at Fanagraphics, that they closed down the building that our favorite little hole-in-the-wall watering hole uh, used to be. Uh, a lot of the, the comic book uh, artists, I don't mean to say we like I'm a part of these comic book artists community there. I was definitely a, a hanger-on, I'll admit it. But uh, there's this place called the Piccadilly over in San Diego, in the, a little bit outside of the gas lamp district there. Completely shitty hole-in-the-wall place, but it had dollar beers, really nice drinks, and it was a little bit off the beaten path, so it was kind of a way you can get some breathing room after the convention. But it's, they, they're tearing it down. It's gone. So end of an era, folks. And uh, so I'm looking for a place to maybe have like a little uh, retro crush get-together on a Saturday night. We're going to be there on... Let's see here. Let me look at my my official Retro Crush calendar. But I think it's July. Uh, it's going to be uh, July 27th and July 28th. So uh, Friday night, July 27th in San Diego. Um, be there. We're going to have some kind of Retro Crush to get, get together. So email me if you're going to be around town there. Uh, we can all hook up there. It'd be kind of fun. Uh, as always, you can check out our, our website. We've got our MySpace page that's linkable off there. It's myspace.com slash retrocrush. We've got links to every podcast episode. I fixed the podcast page where it now has a, a link so you can download every former podcast that we've ever had with like a little outline of each one there. We've got an archive. You know, I didn't even make any uh, mention of this, but in April, we celebrated our sixth anniversary as a website. So we've got six years Great articles for you to check out, and a lot of other great stuff as well. We also have a, a cool new message board um, that we have. If you go to the front page of Retro Crush and click the forum button, um, you can join that, and you can talk uh, about all kinds of retro stuff with uh, people from all over the world. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, again, again, call us Retro Crush Hotline nine one six two three one ninety four eighty, and uh, or email me, and I'd love to hear from you. And uh, before I ramble any further, I am going to leave you here today with a wonderfully racist commercial from Jell-O. Uh, you know, you don't normally think of Jell-O and racism, except for that whole uh, white-powered Jell-O flavor they had back in the 80s. But aside from that, you know, you always think of Jell-O as a really clean, nice, wholesome American company. But uh, check out this commercial which pretty much uh, insults every Chinese person that would ever be interested in buying Jello all at once. Back to present ancient Chinese pantomime, just for fun of it, Jello tonight. Back to present small Chinese Thai baby waiting for dessert, Chinese mother bling baby Jello, famous Western delicacy. Poor Chinese baby, he unable to tell if this Jello is straw belly. Raspberry, jelly, orange, lemon, lime, apple, black raspberry, black cherry, or grape. Jello come in all ten flavors. Poor Chinese baby. But Chinese mother bling baby, great Western invention. Spoon. Spoon was invented for eating jello. Baby find this is grape jello. Deep, dark, delicious new flavor. Chinese baby very happy. So in ancient Chinese pantomime. Is pretty good commercial, no? When you went, babe, 
I don't let you down. You say you're looking for someone who promised never to part, someone to close his eyes for you, someone to close his heart, someone who will die for you and more. Ooh, it ain't me, babe. No, no, no. It ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. Oh.